Walking the Talk. This is 702. 702. A very good afternoon to you. I'm Jane Dutton. In our Belief Matters, we're going to be asking, what's the difference between a pastor, a priest, or a preacher? So we received a question asking if there is a difference, or is it all the same? And the terms, are they're often used interchangeably, but refer to different roles within religious communities. Understanding the distinctions between these titles can provide insights into the diverse leadership structures and practice across various faith traditions. If you have got an opinion about this, if you are a pastor, a priest, or a preacher, and you'd like to comment or give us a call or tell us what you think about this, phone us on 011-883-0702. You can also WhatsApp me on 072-702-1702. Our guest is Mark Reeves, pastor at Liberty Church. Very good afternoon to you. Hello, Jane. How are you? Fine, and you, Mark? Good, thank you. Okay, you're a pastor. What does yeah. that mean? Uh, for about 14 years now, and that just simply means that in the church group that I'm a part of, it's a Pentecostal church, given to the person who leads either a church or a specific All right, Mark. Okay, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get you back. Uh, the line's not great. Sorry, there have been real problems telephonically, and uh, so we'll try and get you back as quickly as possible. But uh, it's an interesting question, isn't it? And um, in my layman's knowledge, it seems that all the, the they're all one and the same, but um, clearly they are not. Do we have him back again? I can hear you, Jane. Oh. If you can hear me. All right. Yes, lovely, Mark. Sorry, you were you were explaining and then you disappeared. Please. Sorry about that. Yes, yeah, so I've been I've been a pastor for about fourteen years, and that's simply that's the to um, my role in leading a, a group of people, a church, the Pentecostal tradition. So yeah, that's that's my kind of background in this. Okay, so tell us then the primary roles and responsibilities of a pastor say within the protestant christian denominations and how they would differ from those of a priest in catholicism say sure so i think first of all i think this can become quite a divisive thing and i think that's not helpful for anyone um but i think first of all the uh, a pastor's responsibility is mainly the health of the church um, sometimes if that person is really good at preaching, a preacher, but I don't necessarily think that's a, a title or office many churches would use. Um, also, pastor and priest are sometimes used interchangeably within faith traditions. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like um, the Catholic Church in America, often they refer to priests as pastors as well. So I don't think um, there, there's distinction between that. I think the biggest difference comes in in terms of what is their main focal area or their main area of responsibility. For a priest, and um, I'm talking very much from historical, so I um, led some stuff in the Anglican Church for a long time before I moved across to the Pentecostal Church, and the focal point for Catholics, Anglicans, um, the Eastern Orthodox Church, and many Lutheran churches is the priest is responsible to oversee the sacraments. So their primary function is to lead people towards Holy Communion, baptism, um, and those mental rights. So their structure, their liturgy, their services would all t- uh, tend towards a sacrament, um, which they see as their, their highest form of 
function, that they're there to administer the sacraments. A pastor, while he still he or she still does do the sacramental things, their primary role is to oversee the the health of the people in their church and or church. And again, priests are going to do that as well, but their primary focus is the sacraments, whereas a pastor's primary focus, very generally speaking, is probably the health of the church, the health of the people, if that makes sense. So what comes first? Is your skill identified and therefore you'll go into this area of the church or do you become a priest or a pastor and then perfect what it is that you are going to be focusing on? It's a great question. I think different denominations and different groups uh, of churches will have different strategies. Mm. Um, And again, that differs from context. So if you live in America, it's very much the norm for you to go to a Bible college or seminary, get a degree, and then step into industry almost in terms of, okay, now I have the qualification, now I can look for a job. Mm-hmm. The South African context is actually quite different from that, especially in the Pentecostal, where if you are recognized as having a calling, you will often then be promoted into a position of authority, and then training will happen almost on the job. Um, and you will maybe get uh, exposure to a Bible college or exposure to further training, but it's not a prerequisite for stepping into ministry. And how do you identify if somebody's got a calling? It's a great question. I think uh, it's different for every single person. Some people might have uh, a unique gifting. So you might find someone who who really has an ability to gather and love people really well. And when those people are loved on, um, there's great fruit. Uh, Other people, their calling will be more attached to the function of preaching, um, where every time they preach, people are inspired and people understand the word of God in a way that they didn't before. Um, you might have people with leadership giftings. Um, Romans 12 speaks about the leadership gifts. And so a, a, a church is often make, is made or break broken on the leadership gifting of someone. So it's, there's not one size fits all. Many people are um, promoted based on a gifting or a uh, area where they seem to excel in. Uh, and the church body corporately recognizes that gifting. So a preacher, I mean, you often think it's, it's something that comes from the States, don't you? I mean, it, is it linked to being a good orator? Yeah, so I think preaching has always been a primary function for whether you're a pastor, a priest, a bishop, whatever the case is. There's always been that um, expectation that you're good at preaching. And I, personally, I don't think that's always the case. There are people who are phenomenal pastors who might not even be the best preachers in their congregation. Mm. Um, so sometimes one of the most um, secure things a leader can do is recognize the preaching gift on others and allow them to to preach really well so that the church is built up. I think preaching is something we're all called to do in some capacity. Um, We're all called to declare God's word, who God is. Mm. Um, But but some people are, like you say, great orators, and their preaching is going to reach much wider audiences. Um, Yeah. And what if you're not a, a people person? (laughs) <laughs> Another great question. What if you're an introvert? Um, I myself am quite an introvert. Um, and so when we come to church, it is definitely my um, my mission to serve people as well as I can, even though I'm an introvert and, and I'm quite happy to be locked away. So I think I don't think God always gifts you in the area of your comfort. I think if you're an introvert and God calls you to a, to be a preacher or a pastor, you have to lean more on him. You have to lean into Holy Spirit and allow him to do in and through you what you can't do for yourself. I think sometimes what we end up doing is we use our personality as an excuse 
to disregard a call or a leading of the Holy Spirit. And we say, oh, God would never call me to do something that I'm not confident or comfortable in. Mm. But the reality is, if he, if he does that, what he's trying to help you to understand is how to lean more heavily on him. And where do women sit more comfortably? Because it's still not a 100% equal level playing field here, no. is it? Putting such a big bag of worms. Mm. Um, the, the, the whole women in ministry thing is always going to be a debate. And different churches have taken different scriptures to validate their standpoints. In, in my personal experience, I am married to a woman who was actually a pastor before I was. My wife, Cheryl, is a phenomenal leader and pastor. Mm-hmm. And so she was actually a pastor before I was um, called to be a, a pastor as well. And so I think women, you're very right in putting yet. I think many church traditions would lean on that scripture that says, I do not permit women to preach. Um, and I think contextually there's an argument to be made that Paul, if Paul meant that across the board, he wouldn't have said other things and he wouldn't have done other things. Mm. So my interpretation of it, my understanding of the entire um, orbit of Scripture is that God has always been in the business of raising women up to places of leadership, to places of equality. Um, for instance, Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul gave the book of Romans to a woman to take to Rome, and so she would have been the first to read out of and preach out of the book of Romans. So I don't think it's as clear-cut as quoting one scripture and taking that to become um, something that we use to differentiate between the genders in the roles of preaching and leadership. Why do you think it's still such a problem? And I mean, you know, is it getting these honorifics? I mean, does it help a woman get more respect in the church? Um, Funny enough, I think culture has actually moved away. We, We live in a world where there's almost a natural suspicion of authority figures um, and there's a, we, we see this in politics, we see this in business, people are trusting major corporations less and less and I think it's true in the church as well. So I don't think it's an honor thing. I think what it is, it's an understanding that God has gifted men and women uniquely and if we disregard what God has gifted on a woman's life, we actually limit how he can bless the church body. Mm. Um, and so I think for me it's recognizing, and again, I, this is one of those things that has been incredibly divisive and I don't think there's any um, there's any rationale in using things like this to divide the church when Jesus in the in the Garden of Gethsemane said, I pray that they may be one. Um, so I think unity is always our primary focus. Um, but women in ministry for me is something that we've, we've studied at in terms of my church tradition. We've come to quite a solid understanding that the, the nature and character of God is always to elevate to those that society has pushed down. And so that is often looks like women, it looks like children, it looks like those who have been moved out of their own hometowns. Uh, and so, yeah, for me, in my interpretation, my study, especially of the New Testament, there shouldn't be any limitation on women in ministry, and there shouldn't be any difference in how we honor one gender that's, that does the same role. Mm, agreed. Um, sadly, we see a lot of fake preachers mainly and pastors. I mean, I mean, what is that? How How come they can get to that point where they are able to fleece so many people surely there needs to be some sort of uh, of route some sort of schooling some sort mm. of uh, accreditation that you should get in order to hold such a powerful role this this is a phenomenal question because if you think of the medical fraternity they have to go through the hspca mm. um and you can't practice unless you've either got an accreditation or a degree that is recognized by the hspca and if you do you get you can get arrested or charged whatever the case is 
unfortunately, because of the differences in church traditions and churches and church approaches, there is no national or international body that has a level of standards to which everyone has to be accountable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes sense. You're not going to ask a Pentecostal pastor to be accountable to the same ideology as a Catholic priest. There's, there's massive degrees of difference there. But I agree with you that because of that, there is no um, safeguard against people who just stand up and say, the Lord has said. Mm. I think the way the New Testament describes it is that safeguard should be a local body. That's where the role of elders comes in. So if you do not have a strong elder board and the leader, whether they're pastor, preacher, priest, whatever the case is, if there's not a strong leader board that has the ability to call them on issues of character and what they preach, you are always going to be in the risk of there being someone who goes um, either to the left or right of Scripture and preaches something and fleeces people, as you said, in a way that is unbiblical. Right at the beginning when I asked you to define the primary roles and responsibilities of all three, you said it's quite divisive. Why is yes. that? I think there is this, there's this thing in, in Christianity where we try and find who I am as opposed to who you are, not in conjunction with who you are. And so I think if you have grown up in the Catholic Church and you're a devout Catholic, and I, I, I love the Catholic Church for its history and tradition and the beauty of its expression, but I think you can become quite a personal thing. You know, that's, my, that, that's the person I look to. And, and if someone else comes along and discredits the idea of priesthood mm-hmm. or challenges that, it's not just an idea, it's not just an ideology. It's who I've looked up to for my spiritual leading for so many years. And so I think because church, because religion is such a personal thing that we do get so invested in, often we make major fights out of minor differences. Mm. That is true. We're certainly noticing that, aren't we? I mean, if, mm. if somebody's listening today and they say, okay, I, I have a religious leaning, yearning, and I want to become, I mean, how do I, and this is, I know it sounds like a very simple question, but I mean, that's how life starts, doesn't it? Um, if I want to become a, a pastor or a, a priest or, or a preacher, what will determine that route? Where do I start? Who do I look to? Great question. Again, I think you're always going to be recognized within the local body that you're a part of. Mm-hmm. I think if you try to go out on your own without any um, bodily recognition, that's why in Acts, when Paul and Barnabas were set apart for their missionary work, it said it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. And so my first counsel would be to get as stuck in as possible into your local congregation. Serve the leader that's over you, serve the church that's around you. And as you do that, more and more people will recognize what's on you. Mm. Then what you can do from there is you can supplement that with education, going to a Bible college, going to a seminary, um, even doing things like TheosU, which is an online portal that has great um, theological things. So there's a number of ways you can upskill yourself from a theological perspective. But I think for me and what I see in Scripture is your primary roots to ministry is service, serving people as best as you can for as long as you can, because that's the model that Jesus left for us, is that serving is the way that his kingdom operates. Mm. And I should imagine that if you're good at it and legit, it's a good life. Like you, you, there's no nine to five kind of deal. So if you are looking for a, a job you can leave behind when you get home, that's not this. Um, but the, the stories you see, the lives you change, the, the people you get to meet are phenomenal. I always say 
sometimes people look in and they go, oh, how does it feel to have to do funerals and all this kind of stuff? And the reality is people are welcoming you into their most vulnerable. And that's a privilege that, man, it's, it's, it's incredible to think about. Like when, when people ask you if you can marry them, they're asking you to be at the start of the greatest adventure of their lives. Um, and so as a pastor, it is one of the most fulfilling things I think I've ever done. And I've had a number of different jobs, but this is in- absolutely incredible. I, I, I don't know why, but I tend to agree with you, to believe you, Mark Reeves, pastor at Liberty Church. Thanks very much for talking to us. Absolutely, Jen. Thank you so much. Real, real privilege.